Hey there, all you musicians, artists, and young entrepreneurs. We are very excited to have on the show today a man that has earned his stripes in the industry with a career that has spanned over four decades in the music business with a tale to share and with it brings so much wisdom to all of our listeners. His name is, of course, Jimmy Couples. A singer-songwriter most well-known for his big range and was a finalist on the premiere of the TV show The Voice, hitting the stage with Wolf Mother's Woman and blowing the minds of over 4 million viewers and astounding the judges to which Keith Urban said, that voice is just unbelievable. Jimmy has released original music and toured the US and internationally during most of his career. He's shared the stage with the likes of John Swan, Tea Parties, Jeff Martin, and Dave Gleason from The Screaming Jets. He has jammed with Toto's Steve Lukather, performed at world-famous Whiskey-A-Go-Go in Hollywood, and is well-known for his tours with the Whole Lot of Love Led Zeppelin tribute show at venues such as the Palais Theatre in Melbourne, QPAC in Brisbane, and the State Theatre in Sydney. This year, Jimmy will be revisiting these venues with a 30-piece orchestra in the Jimmy Couples Does Tom Jones tribute show, which kicks off on July the 14th at Lakeside Reception Center. It gives me great honor to introduce to the show, Jimmy Couples. Welcome to the Do What You Love show, the place where musicians, artists, and entrepreneurs share their inspiring stories and advice on how to succeed in the music business. Every week, you'll receive new insights and tips on how to grow your following, get more gigs, and make a living in today's rapidly changing music industry. Thanks for tuning in with us. Now, let's begin the show and do what we love. Special guest in the studio, I have Jimmy Couples, who is someone that we have worked in the past with, supported USM. Um, Some of our recent competitions include the Rising Star competition. Uh, Jimmy, welcome to to USM. How are you? Steve, hi. Great to be here. It looks absolutely amazing in here. Wow. Thank you. So all I can say is when I walked in, I went, wow. (laughs) It's great. So, Jimmy, um, the reason why we want to obviously get you on the show is just to really catch up and share some of the tools that you've used over the last three, if not four decades in the industry. As people know, you're, you're a well-known veteran in the music industry. You've seen a transformation happen over the years and you're still going at it uh, mm. and you're well into your later years now. And, <laughs> you know, it's a real inspiration just to know that there are, you know, people like yourself still kicking it, as they say. So mm. tell us tell us a little bit about your personal life and your situation before we get into the juice. Well, for me, just uh, I kind of feel a little blessed because I started off, when we come to Australia from Scotland, my parents um, were singers. And they started pretty much singing and working within the first six months of landing in Australia. Uh, in fact, they were doing um, Irish-type pubs and uh, clubs before it was trendy, you know. Um, and they sang everywhere, and I followed them around as little kids, and they get me on a chair. Uh, I should probably still stand on a chair because I'm only five foot six. I haven't grown much since I was seven. <laughs> but they used to get me up on a chair in front of the whole crowd and I'd sing away. So that's where it all began. And that spirit of the love of music uh, and the challenge of getting on stage and the adrenaline is still in my blood. So, And I love it, you know. 
Okay, awesome. So tell us, what are you currently doing? Tell us a bit about your projects um, and what's what's going on musically. Um, I'm doing, uh, of course, you know, I've done all that high screaming stuff with the Led Zeppelin and Deep Purples and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm doing, a, I'm paying homage to the great Tom Jones and I have a 30-piece orchestra going to be doing that with me. And uh, I'll be doing some shows with Jack Gatto, who's an amazing Alvis uh, impersonator, and his voice is just phenomenal. Um, so I'll be doing that. I'll be doing something completely different to what I've ever done before, and it's going to be a real vocal challenge. And working with a 30-piece orchestra is just going to be fantastic for me because there's so much power in that alone, you know the brass section and the rest of it. but uh, And I'm writing um, a lot of songs with a great songwriter called Jessica Page. Um, and she's written a lot of great songs for me. And I'm going to be doing... Um, I've been making a CD up and selling that, hopefully with T-shirt and some very sort of Ray-Bans, Tom Jones-style sunnies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> at, my, at my gigs, so, yeah. So rock has primarily been the style for so long. Yeah. What excites you now more than ever in, you know, in what you do and, and all the opportunities that are coming your way? I think new, new challenges because with every new challenges there's a new dream ahead and new possibilities. Uh, and also um, can I do it better than I've done it before? That's the secret. And if anything, you know, thank you for saying you know, kept healthy because I've, I've never done drugs. I don't smoke. Um, I don't really drink a lot of um, alcohol either, uh, as much as people kind of think I do. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that Barnsley started filling up that vodka bottle with water at some stage just to keep the image going. So, you know, I've played all sorts of tricks to play the part in my life. Um, and people say, you, know, you, look, you look really, really, really young. <laughs> well, you know, drink lots of water. Eat healthy, do as mummy says and eat your vegetables. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's the challenge of staying even fitter, keeping even fitter. Uh, green tea this morning and uh, I drink a lot of water. I eat good. I get up on stage. I've got the energy to perform. It all kind of goes together. It's like a chair with four legs. If one's missing, you're going to be you know, a bit rough. Wow. And that's, that, that's inspiring in itself, uh, Jimmy, I think. You know, just hearing you say um, having that discipline around your diet and mm. your routine is, is is probably one of the yeah. things that have, has kept you going for so long. Yeah. Um, so if there's one piece of advice I think that you could offer, we'll get back around to that at the end, yeah. but I'm um, just very curious to know what that is. So, uh, okay, so in terms of current projects, so you've got the Tom Jones uh, tribute um, with... Uh, the Elvis uh, yeah, tribute. Jack Gatto. Jack Gatto, yeah. 30-piece orchestra. Mm -hmm. um, you're writing at the moment as well. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about that. What, what are you writing about? Well, um, I'm writing um, basically folk-style songs because mm -hmm. I really – that means a lot to me. I like the style and the honesty of how you can sing. You know how country music has great really, really down-to-earth lyrics? Uh -huh. And it's very simple at times. I've always been attracted to that. So as much as it's not country, it's uh, it's got that sort of flavour to it. Nice, honest, earthy vocals. But at the same time, I'm going to do Tom Jones versions of them. Right. So I'm going to have, instead of six songs on a, on a CD, it'll be 12 songs. Yeah. And people can listen to them done as 
Jimmy Couples or they can listen to them being done as Tom because obviously the demographic that's going to be coming to see me will want to buy a CD and hear that. I remember going to see a Alvis impersonator many years ago and he sold his CD at the gigs, big shows uh, at the Crown and he sang in his own voice and it wasn't as exciting and it wasn't as wonderful as the Alvis voice. Right. You know? So, And I remember thinking... I wish you had done some on there because I want to revisit what I heard live. Yeah. So that's my idea there on the CD is so that they can buy that and revisit what I, what they saw on the night, you know. So that's that's my goal for the moment. And um, and then, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it's exciting and it's a dream because with every step you take forward, things come to you, opportunities come to you. And I think that's the secret. It's just keep moving forward uh, and keep trying different things, you know. I still get 20-year-old guys ringing me up wanting to write songs with me or wanting me to sing in their band. And I find that very bizarre, you know. Why in the world would you want to work with a guy who's my age Mm. in your band with a bunch of 20-year-olds? I don't get it. But so something's going there it must be an energy or a spirit around me that that draws that kind of attention you know so yeah, just keep keep positive and keep moving forward you know that's fantastic it's great great advice um so look you've seen let's talk about the industry as a whole yeah. and what's happened um you know we're living in a digital age now where you know you have uh, especially from, the, I guess, the, the learning standpoint for musicians and where they want to invest their learning. You have a lot of digital marketing strategies. Yeah. You have, you know, building a following online, Instagram, on Facebook, um, and trying to, I guess, monetize that is probably one of the, the hot topics right now because, you know, people, are, all your millennials are starting to realize that, you know, having a following is obviously going to get you attention and then yeah. once you've got attention, then opportunities come. What do you have to say about that? You know, if you're speaking to all these millennials and musicians in their 20s and even in the early 30s mm. who are, you know, looking to now say they've, you know, been gigging on the weekends and they've got some gigs here and there, but they're looking to make that next level and, and become full-time musicians. Yeah. What, what do you think is the principle, the standing principle that has, has stood the test of time and that they need to hear from yourself mm. in order to really pull them through and to, I guess, take them and, um, and make that transition from, you know, semi-professional yeah. to full-time pro. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, – I hate to be, you know, spoil the fun, but it, it's hard work, you know, and the media thing is very important and you've got to be onto it every single day. And if you have fan pages on Instagram and Facebook and the rest of it, you have to really monitor them all the time. You have to push your stuff all the time. And even if it, uh, even if you feel kind of like oh, I'm doing, I'm hitting my fans over the head with so much stuff here, but they're your fans, you know, and just post and post and post, and send out those event sheets and get people to come to your gigs. But don't just do it yourself. Get your band to do it as well. Get your band to do it. Get your followers to do it. You know, so many people are in bands and they put on an event, and you go on their personal Facebook wall and they're not. They haven't posted it. So it's a job. Um, each individual person um, is a business. Um, and if you can't see yourself as a business, 
and you're not going as far. Let's let's That's talk good. about that because I really mm. want to kind of unpack mm. what this concept yeah. is because I think a lot of um, millennials or musicians and artists struggle with this concept. You know, we work mm. with we've worked with thousands of them and, and just the mindset around yeah. separating themselves as personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that personal relationship with people and then realizing that there are systems, there are, you know, processes, there are strategies that you need to follow that are reproducible that can actually help you make an income. Mm. You know, so when it comes to marketing and personal branding, you know, what what is it that um, I guess you can offer from your Mm -hmm. experience and your wisdom throughout the years uh, as that one piece of advice that will help someone understand and make that transition mm. from a personal musician, you know, who someone's inviting their friends to shows, mm. but then making that leap to try to reach out beyond that friendship mm. circle and starting mm-hmm. to really draw a following. Really, really draw a following. Yeah. Well, you know, you've either got to um, um, pursue and persist with your own writing of material and you're writing your own songs, um, or um, you have to come up with a great concept for a for a show. Uh, and um, it, I don't know what that show could be. It could be anything. It could be Doors. It could be Led Zeppelin. It could be something. It could be Soundgarden. It could be Chris Cornell. It could be something that's going to draw people to come and see you. And then suddenly you won't just be performing to friends you'll book out these venues. Then you can do door deals. You can do huge, huge venues once you know that you have this amazing following. But you've got to have all that connected um, to media. It has to be real. You've got to really run it as a business Um, because if you don't, um, and you've got to be really, really professional about it. Like if you're in a band because you want to drink or do drugs or party and and do all the other stuff that comes with that. Great, great, great. But, you know, really, to be honest, a lot of the guys that are in successful bands are very business-orientated. The Rolling Stones, incredibly business-orientated. Um, the band Kiss, so switched on with that. You know, they're so switched on. And for many years, and Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page is one of the, you know, shrewdest managers ever in his own right and producers. And he, he, he guards every single thing so perfectly. And that's why they're, they're on top of their game. And they're mil- millionaires, you know, they're millionaires over and over and over. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you've got to really, really, really change your whole mindset. When I did The Voice, I knew that this was an opportunity for me to sell my business. And my business is me. So I don't, have a, I don't have a shop full of books. Uh, I have me. I don't have a shop full of clothes. I don't have a cafe. But I have me. I'm my business. And so here I have the opportunity on The Voice to perform to four million people. And I believe the first show that I was on um, had four million watches. It broke TV records. Because it was the first show in The Voice, uh, first voice show in Australia ever. Right. And I was the first singer to walk on stage on The Voice. So uh, I'm just, you know, and my whole mindset was I could not pay for this primetime television ad for me in a million years. What a fabulous ad for what I do. 
And the work that come out of that was extraordinary. And the money that come out of that was fascinating for me. So let's let's talk about this this um, I guess model or what had happened there. Let's pull that apart because I guess you know you've done your hours, you, you've done your ten thousand hours plus tick, as tick, a vocalist, tick, right? Tick, <laughs> and then there was an opportunity. So you know, as they say, you know, preparation meets opportunity. We define yeah, luck. Yeah. So you you I guess you knew that concept of walking in. So you were prepared. You saw the opportunity. You knew that followers would listen. Uh, I guess your target demographic was. Um, your followers of the rock market, um, which therefore you know decided to sing Wolf Mother's Mother, <laughs> and I think you did a whole lot of love uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Therefore, you knew, you set intentions clearly that you were going to attract that following. So I guess this is where I want to pass on the wisdom to all the listeners. In mm. someone like yourself, you've learned not just the crafting, you know, you obviously, you've done your hours there, but where was it, you know, that you realized that it was, it wasn't just about how good you were as a, as a singer, but also how you can use that to attract your following. Where was that point in, in your career? Tell me, where was that sh- big shift when you realized the aha moment? Oh, okay, I'm good, but it's not just about that anymore. Now it's no. about aligning that to my market yeah. because that's, who are going to be paying my bills and, yeah. you know, helping me continue to do what I love. Where was that? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I got to the stage about probably 10 years ago where I realised every year was the same, basically. It was the same small group of people. Um, and that was enough for me. Them saying, wow, man, I can't believe how good you sang that song and this and that, and we're all gigging together and we're all mates. And every year would be the same. It would be the same gigs. And it was a circle, like a wheel turning every year. And I thought, my God, how do I break out of this wheel? <laughs> and um, and I was really, to be quite honest, I was reluctant to, to go on The Voice when it popped up for me because I was scared. And I was really scared. I thought, well, people think I'm this really great singer. Well, my mates do anyway. <laughs> so I'm either going to go on and have a throat problem and absolutely wipe that, you know, that um, view of pe- that people have of me. But that was fear. So I just had to break through that. Okay. A- and that, I did. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy, because yeah. this is one of the biggest limiters of our potential is mm-hmm. fear of judgment. And mm. I work with so many artists um, and so does, you know, other members uh, of the USM team and our mentors, we see this time and time happening again. People fear being judged. And it's generally someone in their social circle that holds them back. And until they can actually uh, break through that fear and, and, and stick to their values, mm. whether or not that person supports them or not is the defining moment for a yeah. lot of people. Mm. Is that a defining moment for you? Was there someone or a group of people that you didn't want to upset you didn't want to break away from. You knew that if you would take these big opportunities, you would potentially upset them because they're in a, in a bubble and they're feeling comfortable and you have this great relationship, but here you have another opportunity to grow beyond that sphere of influence mm. and put yourself first yeah. uh, because it's your dreams and no one else has got full control of that. Mm-hmm. Was there someone there that, that you oh, had yeah. to... Yeah, can you tell me about that? Absolutely. Tell everyone. Absolutely. There was a lot of um, negative comments to the point where I was gobsmacked. Couldn't actually believe it. 
Uh, and there was also people going, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So it was 50-50, to be honest. I had some really positive friends and some really negative ones. And the negative ones, I never expected it from. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, I thought, look, I, I have to do this. I have to, I have to jump in this. It was really an experiment to break through that fear because I know how terrible fear is. Holds back everybody from everything most, most of the time in life. Sometimes you just got to dive in to that big, huge ocean Oh, you've got to bungee jump or you've got to do whatever it is that you're scared to do, you know. So I Once guess you do it, you break through that force field, you know. So this comes back to the mindset and the beliefs that, you know, essentially everything we have around us, and this is, you know, something that I've studied for many years personally and seen time and time happen again, everything around us is a result of our limiting beliefs, yeah, fears of influence. Right. And you had this bubble, this social circle. Mm. It was all you knew. It was running your environments, your habits, your feelings, and anything that would jeopardize that was a threat to you. Yeah. And I guess what you're saying, and correct me if, you know, I'm, hopefully I'm saying this correctly, mm-hmm. I'm rephrasing it, but the second you saw an opportunity to break through that circle mm. and, you know, perform on mm-hmm. The Voice as being the first yeah. person to be featured um, on the show, on the voice, yeah. you saw the opportunity, you were also fearing and you were excited at the same time, but you chose the path of excitement and you, you knew that, by breaking through that, it was going to um, reap rewards in the end. And yeah, and I think I think if you do, if you do it, I think you've got to fail. I think you've got to fail sometimes and not be scared to fail because for every time you fail, there's so much more to learn. In fact, failing is a great thing. There's so much to learn from failing, <laughs> you know, and you get up there. But I know that um, I've sang... I've seen I've seen so good at times. I'm so impressed with myself. <laughs> but there's been times where I've sang absolutely awful. My voice just wasn't there. And uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't in rhythm with my own soul. I wasn't centered right. And I'd hear it back and go, oh, no, I don't want people to see that. So that plays on your mind. You think, okay, I'm going to go on this telly show. I'm going to do this. What if I have that moment, mm. that scary moment? But what you've got to go is, oh, well, you know, what if I have the great moment and just and do it? And whatever happens, just own it and be proud that you, you did it, you know. So, but many of those negative voices and circles, that's sad because that's just fear. That's the, their own fear coming through because they don't really want to lose you, you know. And they don't have to lose you. That's what's so bizarre, you know. And I forgive people that said negative things. That's the best way forward. And I've got bands now where I actually get them involved, you know. So I'm still there in their lives. And maybe that's a little lesson to them, to, to not be so, you know, governed by fear themselves, you know, and keep moving forward, you know. So, so yeah. in your career, Jimmy, um, we're going to wrap this up soon and we're getting to the the real juice and the one the piece juice. of advice that you're going to offer <laughs> all the listeners out there. But um, or the golden nugget, as we like to call oh, it. Oh God! Um, so we're going to get there. But if there's, um, you know, going through this succession of failures, roughly how many failures can you count that have brought you to where you are today? If you were to look back over the last four decades, you know, could you put a number on that? Could you even at least go through that and, and tell us? You know, what are what are maybe some of the biggest breakthroughs apart from the voice mm. you've had to um, yeah. 
breakthrough in order to get you to the next level? Oh, gosh. Um, I think probably the biggest word would be fear. We've already spoken about that, but that was pretty m- the thing for me because I was pretty shy. I was a very shy kid. And even though I was lucky to get on chairs and sing at my parents' concerts and stuff when I was a little kid, you know, I was blessed by that. But when I got to the age of 16, unfortunately, I let, I let too many negative voices in around me uh, affect me. So my biggest breakthrough was to break through that mental, mental conditioning, you know, and be positive and, and see that, that I'm worthy of, of being in this business. So that was my biggest challenge was the challenge of self-esteem. And, and worthiness. I guess that's a, touched on a really yeah. you know, big topic. We deal that a lot my, with that in... Um, that was my biggest yeah. That was my biggest one because okay. I came from... I come from Scotland with my parents and uh, the minute I turned up in Australia, I was beaten up by kids, you know, because I was this funny-looking little kid with white skin, freckles uh, and blue eyes and red curly hair. So uh, it wasn't easy <laughs> to get through it. And uh, back then it was cricket and, and nobody liked a different accent. So I come to the land like this, you know, and oh, it didn't work too well for me. So I, and I left all my cousins and aunties and stuff and uncles and all my, all my pals. So I was in this foreign place and it was hard for mum and dad to settle in too. But after a, after a few years, we just realised it's probably the best country in the world. So we just took advantage of that. Um, but I've had a lot of failures in music, lots of failures in music. And, and my peers, I worked for my peers doing sessions and vocal sessions at Metropolis Studios and um, in front of Doug Brady and different people like that. And, you know, they, these guys were pros and they wanted to hear it been delivered properly and I couldn't do it when I was, when I was younger. And I had no idea, so I failed many, many times. And I took it to heart then I never got the thumbs up or the smiles or the approval from certain people in the business. And that was my challenge was to to just do it, keep doing it and get up on stage and see them go, oh, now you're on it, now you're doing it, you see. So and it wasn't, uh, I was blessed with pitch, I always had great pitch. But my early days, I was just not a great listener. I would just sing, interpretate a song my own way all the time. And uh, the band would start off and I wouldn't know where the fall was and I'd come in at the wrong time and I'd miss the bridge. <laughs> so a lot of it was, that was failure on a regular basis. So it took a long, long time to get that music theory going and, and knowledge of music going, you know. So what you do is fantastic. And I wish it had been around when I was a teenager and there was very little support. There was telly shows based on humiliation mm. and hurting people and young people that were out there singing that could have been on the streets doing all sorts of things, doing drugs back in the 80s and stuff. But they were going on these shows and they were being like ripped apart and the audience at home seemed to think it was funny. You know, so at least the voice was positive and nice to the people who've gone on the stage. You know, people do say negative things about it, but I think at the end of the day, you can't pay for that kind of advertising for your own business. You know, but uh, yeah, 
So, so many failures along the way, um, and um, some of those driven predominantly around fears. Yeah. Of um, I guess people you fear being better than you or smarter or you know have a higher range or stronger or some something along the lines of there's a mis you know an imbalance, um, but every time that's happened. You you've come back to the drawing board, and you know what have you taken away? Have you have you taken that reacted in a way that brings you down, and and then you know in, it brings you to a point of giving up, or do you then use that as some kind of fuel and fire to propel you mm. further forward yeah. and learn from this experience? I think so. I think you 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 can do that, or you can just go back and say, uh, well, I'm probably not doing the right things. I think for me it was social. I, I didn't really know how to network. Yeah. I'm still on stage. I'm extroverted. Off stage I'm shy. So it was hard for me to go to venues and, and talk to people and meet people and keep their attention. And um, uh, But media with Twitters and Facebooks and all the rest of it, that's made it so much easier because people can see you and they can come to your gigs and they can, you know, so, but, uh, so that, that was hard for me, but, um, you can be all of those things. You can still be you and if, uh, and you can still be successful at what you do and be proud of who you are, even if you are, if your disposition is that you're shy you just use that in a positive way to move forward. And, yeah, look, I, I had negative comments and I did go home and I did go, I'm going to show you. So that did fuel me. And it still, it still probably does. And when I, when I do burst in, my best singing comes from that. Actually, my best singing comes from that spirit of, you know, how dare you ignore me. So in a way, you're, t- you're turning into yeah. a game. You know, it's yeah. a challenge, and yeah. you're you're challenging yourself. Yeah. And like you said when we started this interview, um, you know, you you mentioned how uh, you were excited about being the better version of yourself the next time around with yeah. the Tom Jones tribute. Yeah. Uh, seeing if you can do it, and, mm-hmm. and that excites you. So, I, I you know acknowledge you for that. I think that's a it's a very powerful statement and a principle that we all definitely apply here at USM, yeah. and, and we teach to a lot of our artists is, you know, don't just get excited about, you know, achieving the 10,000 likes or achieving that big gig or, you know, making your first 500 buck uh, gig or, but about the person that you need to become more so than the actual end result because it's about the journey as well Mm -hmm. as, you know, Mm -hmm. the the points along the way or the the milestones. So, So, Jimmy, just to wrap up, mate, like, what is it, what's the one thing, if you're going to offer one piece of advice to any aspiring musician, artist, or young entrepreneur out there in the music business, what is that one piece of advice? Oh, my gosh. Number one, enjoy it. Love your instrument, whatever that may be. Um, and stand up and be proud of it. You know, and just get out there. Do as many gigs as you can. You know, and if somebody offers you some support and help, be grateful because I grew up in a time where there was very little support 
and uh, just be grateful and be humble. And, um, and in that, people will be so attracted to you. You know, if you get up there and you perform and you're humble and awesome at the same time, people will just be, you'll be like a magnet, you know, uh, and it'll just keep going. It'll just it'll be like a snowball going down a hill. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy, for uh, coming yeah, into the studio today. Um, and then it's done. <laughs> <laughs> you shared so many awesome value-driven statements there that I think uh, all our listeners will really value and admire. In my um, own little hippie way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and in your own authentic owning way, which you own and, and, yeah. and you keep humble and you understand that principle is is one of the factors that's uh, that's allowed you to carry this career, you know, well yeah. up into your 50s. Yeah. So congrats to you, mate. And I uh, look forward to um, seeing more of you, especially with your upcoming shows. Jimmy, tell us about your upcoming show. Uh, how can people find you? How can they purchase tickets? Yeah. Now, there's uh, there's a great show coming up. It's a 30-piece orchestra going to be playing behind me, uh, and I'm paying homage to the great Tom Jones. Uh, and that will be at Lakeside. It's in Taylor's Lakes. So, yeah, the uh, Lakeside uh, Reception Centre. So they're going to open that up, make it a big uh, venue with round tables. So there's there's dinner or just a show or both. So And there's two different prices. So that's on the 14th of July. So um, if you um, if you Google Taylor's Lakes, uh, Lakeside, you'll, um, you'll see the booking. There's a booking number there as well. And I could give you that later to put on your... Um, podcast excellent podcast. so well, on the show notes guys you'll you'll see notes and links to buy tickets for the upcoming tom jones show with the 30 piece orchestra uh also with the elvis tribute um as yeah, well as an option that one there is going around as touring around australia but so the one um the one on the 14th of july would pretty much be me the whole entire night right yeah that's my solo show so you yeah. can follow james couples on facebook uh instagram Instagram, James Couples, yeah. Facebook, James Couples, um, and uh, I've reached my max on Facebook, so by all means, follow me. Please uh, feel free to inbox me. Uh, I never fail to see an inbox message, and I always keep my eyes on those messages, So, and I can send you all the details. Awesome. Thanks for coming to the studio once again, mate. It's a pleasure yeah, to have you, you for on the show. I really appreciate it, and what you guys are doing here is just incredible. So there you have it, guys. Jimmy Couples in the studio on the Do What You Love show. If you haven't checked out Jimmy Couples yet, you need to hear him. His voice is one phenomenon, and I was blown away first time I saw him many years ago. Until then, I've admired uh, absolutely everything that he's done. Hopefully, you've gained a lot of wisdom yourself just by listening to some of the value that he's passed on and the tools that has worked for him, especially with personal challenges and essentially making sure that none of those challenges weigh you down, especially when it comes to um, influences and busting through those fears of influence and your own personal fears. So definitely check him out at the Lakeside Reception Center and his next show with the Tom Jones 30-piece orchestra. Until then, guys, do what you love. Thank you for tuning in with us and we'll speak to you soon.